Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, saw another angel come up from the east, holding the seal of the living God. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were given power to damage the land and the sea. Do not damage the land or the sea or the trees until we put the seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. I heard the number of those who had been marked with the seal, 144,000, marked from every tribe of the children of Israel. After this, I had a vision of a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation comes from our God, who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, they prostrated themselves before the throne, worshipped God, and exclaimed, Amen, blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders spoke up and said to me, Who are these wearing white robes, and where did they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you are the one who knows. He said to me, these are the ones who have survived the great time of distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. The Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? One whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean, who desires not what is vain. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord, a reward from his God and Savior, such as the race that seeks him, seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, see what love the Father has bestowed on us, that we may be called the children of God. Yet so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope based on Him makes himself pure as He is pure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory be to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, happy Feast of all saints, brothers and sisters. This is the day when the church looks beyond at all those who have attained the purpose for which God made us to be with Him forever in complete life, in perfect joy. Many of these men and women and children, the church has canonized, recognized publicly as having reached that goal and giving their lives as an example to us of how we have to practice virtue. These are people whose lives have shown and whose miracles have verified that they practiced heroic virtue. But it also includes all those who have attained that goal who are unknown to us and not publicly canonized as saints, but nevertheless share the same glory and endless life as the saints do. The first thing we should reflect on here is that we are all called to be in their company. There is no such thing as a call to be an ordinary Christian. We are called only to extraordinary holiness, love, union with God. That's what we are all called to. Notice in the Gospels, when Jesus, for example, in this passage, gives the Beatitudes, he doesn't make a distinction as to who is called to live this way. He doesn't say, blessed are you who mourn if you are saints. For the rest of you, no, it doesn't matter. Blessed are you who show mercy. That is, those of you called to be saints. For the rest of you, you don't have to be that merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. 
you who are called to be saints. For the rest of you, you know, you can, you can create all kinds of trouble if you want. He doesn't, he doesn't make those distinctions, nor in any of his other teachings. Unless you renounce all your possessions, you cannot be my disciples. That is, the saints. The rest of you, it doesn't matter. You can, have, you can be attached to your possessions. How many times do you forgive? Seventy times, seven times for you who are saints. For the rest of you, you can hold back on your forgiveness. Does the Lord make these distinctions? No. All the teachings he gives us, all the high commands he articulates for us, all the lofty calling that he summons us to is a summons to us all. That's point number one. Mother Teresa, whom I knew, said, you know, I don't like it when people call me a saint because now all of a sudden I'm living one kind of Christianity and they think that they're off the hook and they can live differently. No, holiness is not the privilege of a few, she said. It's the call of us all. Now the second consideration then is, uh, and it comes from the second reading today, how in the world do we do this? Because we know how sinful we are, how weak every day we experience ourselves to be in the face of various temptations and passions. How is it that we can live up to such a high calling? And John answers that for us. We have been called to be the children of God, he says, and so we are. We are already more than human. We have supernatural grace and strength. We share human nature, obviously, but we share the divine nature by our baptism. We can believe in ways beyond the power of the human mind. We can love in ways beyond the power of the human heart. We can hope with a strength beyond the power of the human soul. We have been transformed already. If we think, oh my goodness, the saints, you know, they're so far off from where I am in the spiritual journey. What transformation would it require for me to get there? No. The big transformation that you need to be a saint has already occurred. The rest is just a, a relatively short distance. The big transformation is from being alienated from God to being his sons and daughters. How in the world do you cross over that abyss? Well, you can't. It's impossible. God has reached down and carried you across that abyss already. What has happened to us in our baptism, we can't even begin to imagine, articulate, or worthily celebrate, you've crossed the divide. You've already done the impossible part. The rest is, relatively speaking, relatively speaking, easy. The rest is quite within your grasp. You already have the supernatural virtues of faith and hope and love. You already have Christ dwelling in you. You already have the Holy Spirit loving through you. You already have his light enlightening your mind to believe the truths of the faith that you could never conclude by human reason alone even if you studied all the books of all the ages. 
You have it already, brothers and sisters. We have it already. We have the life of the Spirit. We have the risen Christ inside of us. We have adoption as sons and daughters of God. We are God's children. Be holy for I am holy, says the Lord. It's not just a command. It's a description of what he's done. So now, we use all our strength to live according to what and who we already are. And that life is a life expressed by the psalm here, a life of yearning, of longing. You want to do something in life, and this is true on the supernatural level and on the natural level too. You want to do something in life, you can do it. You know what it depends on? How much are you willing to sacrifice for it? How much do you want it? What are you willing to give away in order to get it? If your answer to that is anything and everything, well then, you're going to do it. If you don't do it, it's because there's something that you are holding on to more tightly than what you yearn for. You want to be a saint? You can be a saint. Nobody can stop you. Nobody. The lure of the world, the wickedness incarnate in so many ways all around us, the evil, the flood of filth, that is around us, can't, that can't stop you from being a saint. The fact that the devil and his servants have the microphone in the world of fake media and corrupt politics and corrupt business and false teachers and false gospels, even among some of the clergy, they can't stop you from being a saint. The people that you have relationships with that are a temptation and a bad example and seek to pull you down. They can't stop you from being a saint. You know who stops you from being a saint? You. And you alone. That's it. That's the only definitive obstacle. Not even the devil can stop you from being a saint. He'll try. Oh, he wants to destroy you altogether. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Scripture tells us, resist him solid in your faith. Our faith teaches us the devil is real. Our faith teaches us the devil has power. But our faith teaches us the devil's power is limited and ultimately has been defeated. And brothers and sisters, you and I can rise up to be the sons and daughters of God that we already are. That we already are. That's the miracle. That's the accomplishment that has already occurred. And you know what? It doesn't get lost. When we've fallen into sin, we rise back up. It doesn't get lost, furthermore, when we lose some kind of worldly position or influence. It doesn't get lost when we lose our health. It doesn't get lost when we lose our friends. It doesn't get lost by any of that. And you know what it leads to? This life of longing to be a saint, of integrating all our desires and all our decisions into that one goal, 
It leads to what we read in the first reading. We will be among this countless throng wearing long white robes and holding palm branches in our hands. Isn't it interesting how when you are washed in the blood of the Lamb, instead of making you red like blood might make you if you wash a garment, it makes you white because this is the blood of God. And this is the blood we drink in the Eucharist that we eat in communion and it transforms us and washes us. Wash yourselves clean, the Lord said in Isaiah the prophet. Though your sins be like scarlet, they will become white as snow. Cease doing evil. Learn to do good. Do justice. We will be among that crowd who will be able to say, Yes, I responded to the call. This was not something I did on my own. I took the hands of the Savior. He lifted me up. He transformed me. He made me his son, his daughter. He gave me salvation. He brought me above and beyond the power of sin. And we will sing forever this song. Worthy is the Lamb. Salvation is from our God. Blessing and glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might to our God forever and ever. This is the song we sing forevermore and we start now. When does the life of the saints that we read about in this book of Revelation begin for them? When does it begin for us? Here. Now. Today. Not later. There are some people who say, well, I'll worry about whether I'm going to have salvation after I die. No, we take hold of heaven after we die. Provided we take hold of it now while we live. When does this hymn of praise that will arise from our mouths and our hearts and our souls begin? When does it start? When do we start singing? We start singing now. We start singing today. Every moment, everything we do, everything we desire, everything we decide, everything we offer to the Lord as we suffer must be shaped by this hymn. Blessing and glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might to you, O Lord, and to the Lamb whose blood makes us white. It starts now. When does the life that doesn't get touched anymore by death or by suffering, by sin or by compromise, by doubt and fear. When does the life that does not get touched anymore by sadness or distress, when does it begin? Brothers and sisters, it begins right here, right now. That life of Jesus Christ you have in you right now. Let us rejoice in that. That is our call to be saints, and that is why we're able to do it. Let us proclaim him. Let us invite others to this life. Let us live the demands of this life 
which are to give ourselves away just as he did, especially to the weakest, the most vulnerable, the most marginalized, starting with our youngest brothers and sisters, those children in the womb. Let us live the Beatitudes. Let us enjoy the company, the fellowship that he gives us with all those around us likewise called to be saints. And let us ever rejoice in the salvation that comes only from one person whose name we will praise forever, whose name is Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.